Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. I've read, must have read John Gospel through time and time and time again. But there's just something refreshing about this translation, uh, something just new. And it's amazing when something new like just clicks in your heart, how you just see things you never saw before. Uh, and I'm, I mean, there's chapter 7. There's probably a couple of dozen sermons can come out of chapter 7 if I want to restrict it. So I don't waffle on too long this morning. Um, but... Um, I just want to share a couple of things this morning. I, the, the first thing is about the, the confusion there was uh, of who Jesus was in Jerusalem at the feast. Uh, so much confusion. So many people had different ideas about who he was, whether he was the Messiah, whether, whether he wasn't the Messiah. I want to really pick up on that this morning as we look, just to read a few verses out and, and just look at the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to those that he would give... Uh, uh, out of them would come rivers of living water. Uh, and, and I believe the two are really connected. To really know Jesus, we need to have Holy Spirit working in our hearts that we have an understanding of, of who he is and what he's all about. And, um, and I pray that you will just connect this morning with just these couple of things I really want to share from my heart today. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity just to share your word. And I pray, Lord, this morning, that, Father, you will anoint the words I say, that you will give me uh, the ability, Father, just to speak truth, and, and the truth, Father, that will set people free. Father, that's what your word says this morning, and we thank you for what you're going to do in every heart. So, Father, may we have open hearts to hear, eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to take in what you'd have to say to us this morning as your children. You love us so much, and we give you glory for that this morning. In Jesus' precious name. Praise God. I just want you to um, just to imagine uh, that you're at this feast going on in Jerusalem in chapter 7. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses from it, but uh, just to sort of fill you in a little bit. But if, you, if you're not sort of, uh, if, if you're not doing the book or, or, you, or you want to know exactly where we're at, we're, we're, we're after uh, the, the situation where a lot of his disciples had walked away from him. Because they said the teaching was too hard. And so we, we have this going on in the background. And then we come to this, the Feast of Shelters, or some Bibles will say the Feast of Booths. And uh, thousands of people would converge on Jerusalem to be at this feast. And the religious leaders, the Pharisees of the day, were looking out for Jesus. He was a marked man by this time. And they were looking to get him. They were looking to capture him. They were looking to kill him. And, and this is a bit of the background. And so we have Jesus looking at, looking at the, uh, uh, many of his followers walking away from him because they said, the teaching that you're teaching us is too hard for us to do. And then he turns to the closest one, the 12, and he says to them, you know, will you also leave me? And as Peter, is always the one Peter speaks up, doesn't he? He says, where, where will I go? Where, where can I go? You have the words of eternal life. See, Peter had a recognition who, of who Jesus was, and it came through walking with him. It came through talking with him. It came through being with him. It came through eating with him and drinking with him. It came through life, living life with him. 
because Peter had that experience. But here we find Jesus in chapter 7 amongst the bustle, uh, hustle and bustle of the crowd. And, uh, and they were really wanting to, uh, to get him in a big way, really wanting to take him. But his time wasn't yet, as he says there. So I want to just read this, a few verses out of chapter 7. I'm just starting at verse 25. He'd been teaching in the temple, and the, the leaders were like sort of not acknowledging him. He was talking to them. He says, you, 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 you teach on Moses. You, 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 you uh, want to be obedient to Moses' laws, the laws of Moses. This is what you follow, but you don't even follow them. How will you follow me? How will you understand what I have to say if you can't even follow the one that you're supposed to be following? And this, is, this sort of discourse was going on. And he was like so talking to the leaders and they were like really trying to have a go at him. But it says in the scripture, nobody could touch him because his time wasn't yet. And here in, um, in verse 25, I just want to read this. And then some of the, the residents of Jerusalem began to say, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? Yet here he is speaking publicly and they're saying nothing to him. Do the ruling authorities really know that this man is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from. And Jesus, verse 28, then Jesus, while teaching in the temple courts, cried out, you both know me and know where I come from. And I, and I have not come on my own initiative, but the one who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I have come from him and he sent me. So then they tried to seize Jesus, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Yet many of the crowd believed in him and said, whenever the Christ comes, he won't perform more miracles and signs than this man did, will he? So even in a backhanded way, they were acknowledging, not acknowledging that Jesus was doing things that no man has ever done before. And, 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 and if, the, if the Christ was to come, if he wasn't the Christ, if the Christ was to come, he wouldn't do any greater miracles than we've seen here happening in our area and then 32 the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things about Jesus so the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him then Jesus said I'll be with you for only a little while longer and then I'm going to the one who sent me you will look for me but not find me and where I am you cannot come then the Jewish leaders said to one another where is he going to that we cannot find him he's not going to go to the Jew he is not going to go to the Jewish people, dispersed among the Greeks and teach the, Greek, teach the Greeks, is he? What did he mean by saying, you will look for me, but you will not find me. Where I am going, you cannot come. There was no spiritual understanding. These were men who supposedly knew the scriptures, knew the Torah, knew, but they, they just didn't believe he was the one. Something about it, they just could not believe in him. So we had all this going on. And, and I want you this morning just to picture yourself um, in Jerusalem at the time. You're, you're one of the crowd this morning. You're, you're somebody that's in that crowd, listening to what he's saying, seeing the stuff that he's doing. And, 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 and I want to ask you a question this morning. What would we, if we were in that crowd, what would, who would we say that he was? Who would we say? Would we say he was the Messiah? Would we say he's got to be the one because I've not seen anything like this in my life? How would we 
react to what was going on around us? What would our testimony be? Would we believe the religious leaders of the day? Would we believe the Pharisees? Or would we trust in what we had seen this amazing man do? Yet to many of them, he was just a man. He was just an amazing man. He was a prophet. He was, but they could not get to grips with him being the Messiah. That would only come with revelation knowledge brought through Holy Spirit after Jesus had ascended back to the Father. Whose report will we believe? We're there amongst the crowd. And all this is going on around us. Who is he? Is he who we think he is? Can we trust what he's saying? Can we believe in him? Do we understand the words? Maybe not. And sometimes even now, many of us who know him and walk with him for many years, we're still not fully conversant with him. You know, he, he does stuff that amazes us. We can't even understand, get to grips with what he's trying to do and trying to say to us now. In 2022, he's doing things and we still struggle to, to catch what he's trying to do. Oftentimes, it's like that. Even though right at the beginning, uh, this John's Gospel talks regarding John the Baptist and John crying in the wilderness, preparing a way for Jesus to come. He prepared the ministry for Jesus. The religious leaders of the day refused to believe that he was the Messiah. You see, they knew the scriptures, but they didn't know the Son. Do we know the Son today? Do we know the, the reality of Jesus as the Son of God? Is he that real in our hearts, in our lives? Does he speak to us? Does he whisper to us stuff that is just amazing, that sets us our hearts free? Even seeing the miracles that these guys here in Jerusalem were seeing, they still didn't believe. They still struggled to get to grips with, yeah, no one else does these things. He must be. Mustn't he? Is he? Perhaps he isn't. Perhaps the Pharisees are right. All this confusion was going on. Was he who he said he was? You see, it's not about scriptural knowledge. We can know this book back to front, cover to cover, inside out. But we still might not know Jesus. It's not about having a great ministry, having a great uh, thing that we do for God. It's not about our ministry. It's, it's, it's not scriptural knowledge. It's not church attendance. Uh, it's not praying every day. It's not doing all of these things that brings us to Jesus, that reveals Jesus to us. It's having an intimate relationship with him, in intimate knowledge with him, walking with him, talking with him, doing what Peter and the disciples did. They knew who he was because they lived with him. They, it was part, you know, they lived in his house. His house was the, the desert uh, and shelters and caves and, and, uh, and under the stars. That's where, that's where his house was. You know, Jesus came and he says, you know, come and live in my house. I want to live in your house too. And that's, the, that's his cry to our hearts today. He wants to live in your house. He wants to live in your house today. He wants to live in my house today, the house of my heart. It's only through intimacy with him. It's only through that intimate knowledge of him that we will be able to trust fully in this word and believe what the word says and hold on to the promises that he makes to us as his children. That's what we need. Everything Jesus did, said, 
Everywhere he went brought controversy and division. It still does. You go and stand in Ellenbrook Central and start talking about Jesus. Start shining a light on Jesus and what he did. You go and stand up there. You stand in your, in your place of work or, 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 or situation or school or educational place where you are. You start, you start shining the light on Jesus and you see the controversy that develops. We're no different today than we were all these years ago. 2022 is just the same. You mention Jesus and controversy happens. People get upset. People get on edge about it. People just struggle to believe. And he, it does this, he does this because he brings light into the darkness. Jesus brings light into the darkness. And his light amongst the people in Jerusalem that day, amongst the darkness of people's heart, they hated it. Because scripture says that people prefer to do things in the dark where nobody can see. But when Jesus came, he shone a light on the sinfulness of man. And he showed up exactly how we were, how our man was, how the way we are in reality. And we prefer to be in the shadows, in the darkness, and having the light shining on us. I, 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 while I was walking this morning, doing my morning walk, I... Um, I tried to sort of lay this down. I said, I don't want to keep adding to it. I've had to take loads out because of time. But, uh, uh, but Jesus, Jesus was talking to my heart uh, as I was walking this morning, early morning. And, um, and it, it just reminded me of a song that, um, that we sang years and years and years ago. Uh, and I reckon it probably was written out of John out of this, uh, the Gospel of John, and out of what we've been looking at today and what we've already read through in the first seven chapters of John. And uh, some of you will know the name. Go back. Now, I'm going back now to 1988, okay? 1988, Graham Kendrick, uh, UK uh, singer-songwriter. And he, he wrote a song called Shine, Jesus, Shine. And some of you are nodding. Some of you will recognize that song from years ago. We sang it in '88. And I remember being part of the worship team in our church in the UK in 88. And um, we learnt this song, and we're going to do this song, just when it came out. He wrote it in 87. It was released in 88. And we were like sort of bang on there, wanting to get this new song out. And we stood there in church. And you can imagine this building we had. It, it, was, it was a very modern building, but they made it look like sort of cathedral-type windows with like five-meter-high windows behind the worship team here. Not as high as the curtains, but probably to the bar there. There was these huge windows, four of them behind where the worship team stood. And uh, in the middle pane was like a pane of like amber glass. All the rest was just plain glasses, amber, like a stained glass in the middle. Very, very religious, very churchified sort of thing. <laughs> and as we, as we were singing this song through, we got about the second time in it, and we went to go again with Shine, Jesus, Shine. And suddenly from behind the team came a rock through the window, right through the amber glass, it showered us with glass. It bounced between the platform and the front row and shat in pieces and, and just went under the seats. People in the front couple of rows were showered in glass and everything. But we stood there while a few people chased us through the rock. We just, we just stood there and sang this song again and again and again and again. Let me just read you the words this morning. Lord, the light of your love is shining. 
in the midst of the darkness shining, Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on me, shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Jesus. And Lord, and let there be light. Second verse, Lord, I come to your awesome presence from the shadows into your radiance. By the blood, I may enter your brightness. Search me, try me, consume all my darkness. Shine on me, shine on me. And in 1986-ish, 85, 86, 87, I remember in the UK, Kendrick was writing songs called Make Way, Make Way for Jesus. And, and people were, were marching through towns and villages with placards, declaring, making a way for Jesus. They were walking everywhere. And through about a year or more, this was going on. He was writing songs and, and make a way for Christmas, make way for East, make way for all of this. And all this was going on. And, and, and it was really almost taken out of this because, as, as Pastor Just said last week when he was preaching here, he said, John was shining a light on Jesus. He was magnifying him. He was making him big. And as John said when, uh, when, when he baptized Jesus, we read about that earlier on, when he baptized Jesus, as John said, and when his, his disciples came to him and he said, look, at this is my words, Look at, look at Jesus over there, the other side of the river. Look all how many people he's baptizing. You know, it was almost saying like, John, you were the main man, you were the main guy, you you were the forerunner. You came, you started, you started all, but now there's Jesus, and he's got loads of people coming to him, and his disciples are baptizing them, the other side of the river. And John said to his disciples, he says, you know, it's like as if he, he realized his time now was short. Uh, he'd, he'd fulfill the ministry that God had birthed him to do. He had made a way for Jesus to come. And, and, and he was telling his disciples, well, you know, he is the bridegroom. I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. You have to think about that. There is John saying, like, you know, listen to him. He's the one that's come from heaven. He's the bridegroom. I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. John knew his situation. He knew his place. He knew where he fitted into it. But it must have been hard to prefer somebody else, to prefer Jesus, instead of wanting to, my ministry to increase, my ministry to develop more. But he knew when the time was to lay it down and prefer Jesus. And sometimes we can... We can Bullishly go ahead and want to do things that in, with all the good intentions to do, but 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 really we sometimes we have to lay things down so that God can do what He wants to do as part of His plan. Shine, Jesus, shine. Let's make way for for Jesus. Let's make way for Him. You know, Jesus. You know, I don't know whether Jesus got frustrated or not, but I can I can just read the frustration when it says He cried out, "You know me." What are you talking about? You know me. You've seen what I've done. You've seen the miracles I've performed. But you still don't believe. You still struggle with this. Do we know him today? Our world in 2022, people still prefer darkness rather than light. 
That is the reason the Holy Spirit came and brought to this world an understanding of spiritual things so that revelation of the truth about Jesus we could be understand it. I want to just read you a few verses out of Corinthians 1 Corinthians 2. One Corinthians two verse ten, it says these words, but God revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man who is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned and it's true isn't it you know before we knew Jesus we had no understanding of Jesus but now we know Jesus now we have a relationship with Jesus suddenly his life becomes real to us we can we can trust him but we can trust words that say Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever we can trust tomorrow and next week and next year because we trust his word he is the word he is the word and Holy Spirit has come as the comforter to express Jesus' love to us in ways that we could never, ever imagine. You know, we, we will never know how much he loves us until we meet him face to face. We'll never understand his love, but we can have an understanding of it day by day by day. Holy Spirit, heart, relationship with him is absolutely needed in 2022. So we can have a close and intimate walk with Jesus. And he will provide, Holy Spirit will provide the power and ability for us to stand up in the mouth and talk about Jesus. To get close to a friend and put an arm around his shoulder and pray for somebody in the street and do the things that, that Jesus would have done. We can have the, 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 the power and authority to do that through him, not on anything that we have, but all about what he has for us. You know, so if you're part of the crowd today in Jerusalem, don't listen. Don't hear, listen to the hearsay of who he is and what he might be. And, but say, Father, reveal yourself to me. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to me so I have an intimate knowledge of you. John 7, 37 to 39 says these words here that's really struck me. On the last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and shouted out again. He cried out before that you know me, don't you? And now he cries out, shouts out again. And this was a guy, this was Jesus who was, who was supposed to be there in secret, knowing that they were after his blood. He shouts out again here on verse 37. The last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and shouted out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. And let the one who believes in me drink. Just as the scripture says, from within him will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive, for the spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Are you thirsty today? Jesus offers water. That if you drink it, 
you'll never thirst again. Sometimes I struggle with some of the songs of today. You know, we're, when we're, we're begging Jesus to, to be with us, begging him to, 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 fill, to, to take away our thirst. Yeah, we do have dry, dry seasons in our lives. But generally, when, when we're loving God and walking with him, we should be enabled to, to drink of the Spirit and, and move through with the Holy Spirit every single day of our lives. He's so precious. You know, and, but people, many people are, are frightened of Holy Spirit. I've known many people throughout my, my Christian life that are frightened or fearful or wary or, 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 or not really sure about it. They believe Father, they believe the Son, but mm, Holy Spirit. And yet Pastor Josh said last week, different, but intrinsically linked as one. It, it, it operate completely together. My dad was diagnosed with cancer in 19... 98, and um, he was given 18 months to live, and, and, and I, I, some of you may have heard this story before, but I, I felt it really fitted today. Dad made a decision to become out of the, 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 the specialist, the doctor's office. He said, I'm going to see the millennium in, and I'm going to see my first grandchild. And that's what Dad said. And uh, he died Beginning of January, millennium year 2000, he, he, he lasted out. He, he said what he was going to do, and he did that. And, um, and, and my dad was, a, a, some of you know, I've, I've testified a bit before about dad was blind. Um, he went blind at 21 and was registered blind in his 40s. He's the white stick and everything like that. And he was born deaf as well, which never helped. Well, my dad was such a, a gentle, quiet guy totally different to me. <laughs> he, was, he was such a, a gentle man. Um, I remember him giving me a good smacking once for doing it. I just only set fire to the field outside the house. It was just a little thing. But, but he gave me a good hiding. You know, and about, uh, about an hour later, he came back into my bedroom in tears and apologized to me because he said he, he, he shouldn't have hit me out of his anger. And, and he was, but, but that was unusual for Dad. Dad, Dad wasn't demonstrative like that in any way. And, um, and, and for about three days, uh, as he lay dying, um, f- filled up with morphine and whatever, and uh, he, he was in the nursing home, and, um, and for three days he drifted in and out of consciousness. Uh, and we knew time was short and whatever. And uh, it was just amazing, you see, because my dad, I never heard my dad speak in tongues. I never heard my dad, my, never, my dad never spouted off about the Bible or, to, or as far as I knew. But he, but he demonstrated in his love for people, collecting medication from the town, tapping his way down to the town to get people's medication from the old, old people's place. Uh, that's what, that was my dad was. That's, that's the man he was. And yet here he was, dying, drifting in and out of consciousness. And then literally as he died... He sat bolt upright in his bed and he put his arms forward like that. Uh, and my sister Ruth said, Dad, Dad, Dad what, what are you doing? He says, don't you see him? Can't you see Jesus? You see, my dad recognized Jesus right on death's door. But he knew who he was. It wasn't just some man, some prophet that was coming. It was Jesus that was coming for him. But I just believe Holy Spirit was just, Holy Spirit gently moves in our lives, whether we're exuberant people or quiet people, whatever. He fits into our heart. He fits into the way that we live and move and have our being. 
And so, you know, if anybody here this morning, you're frightened, a bit fearful about Holy Spirit, and people talking about Holy Spirit, don't be fearful. Because like my dad, you never say he was filled with the Holy Spirit or anything, but, but I knew he was. And I knew he knew Jesus, and he recognized him right at that moment. And we couldn't see him, obviously. You know, people say, well, it's just morphine. I don't care what it was. My dad saw Jesus right at that moment, and he received him to himself. And it was just an amazing, an amazing thing. What about these rivers of living water? What are they all about? Isaiah 51, not, not going to turn there but for time, but Isaiah 51 says, Come to the waters, all you who are thirsty. Isaiah 43, 2 talks about waters. It talks about the Hebrew word mayim, M-A-Y-I-M. And this word means life. It means sustenance. It means fertility. It means blessing. It means refreshing. And it's mentioned 570 times in the Old Testament. And that's what Jesus offers you and me today through Holy Spirit. He offers us that. He offers us sustenance, life, blessing, I don't know about the fertility part, but maybe, maybe he just provides, I think, that he provides stuff for us, uh, uh, for us and our families and our futures. John 4, 13, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well, and he reads her mail. He tells her everything about her life. You know, he shouldn't even be talking to a Samaritan woman, but you see, my Jesus bridges the divide between organizations between different uh you could be baptist or, or pentecostal or, or methodist or whoever you call yourself today you know jesus bridges the divide and here he was with the samaritan woman a sworn enemy of the jews and yet he was there telling this woman about her life and that day her life changed he told her about the husbands that she'd had when she said she hadn't got a husband she said you you you, you you're right in what you say uh, and the man you're with now is not your husband you know, he, he read a mail, he told her, he, he, he spoke over her life. And she went away back to the town and told, told everybody, I've met the Messiah, I've met them. And they came and met Jesus themselves. And their lives changed. You see, when, when, when Jesus, Jesus sat there at the well and he, 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 he shone a torch on the Father, he said, this is what my Father, those that worship him in spirit and in truth, he identified the Father. And when we identify the Father, Jesus, the scripture says, doesn't it, you know, when, Jesus said, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And so that's what our, our mission in life needs to be. Our mission in life should be to shine a light on Jesus, to magnify him and lift him up. And when we do that, he will bring, we can't save anybody. Nothing we can say can save anybody or do anything, but Jesus can. Holy Spirit can. Holy Spirit can work in your life and it can work in my life and it can do absolute miracles. We all need this fountain of living water flowing in us, flowing through us. The miraculous power of God's Holy Spirit. Why can we trust Jesus? John 14, 15 to 18, he, he promised the Holy Spirit and he kept his promise. Holy Spirit came. John 7, 31. I've already read it out. Many believed in that crowd that day and said no one else could do any more miracles than this man has done. That's why we can believe because, you know, no other, no other religious icon leader in world history 
has ever done miracles like Jesus has done. No one else has ever opened the eyes of the blind. No one else has raised people from the dead. No one else has done all of these things. That's why we can trust Jesus today. John 7, 46. The one verse out of this whole chapter that just hit me in the chest like, like somebody slugging me with it. And Because when the religious leader says to the, the officers who came back, I've got to read this to you just as I, I wrap it up this morning. These guys have been sent to arrest Jesus and bring him back to the... And this is, it, this is chapter 7 and verse 45. Then the officers returned to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why didn't you bring him back with you? These are the words. The officers replied, no one ever spoke like this man. How can we trust him? Because no one's ever spoken like him. No one's ever, as I said, done the miracles like him. No one's ever loved like he loved. No one's ever done any of these things like Jesus has done. That's why we can trust him. That's how we know him this morning. That's how we can trust in him this morning, believe in him, have our faith in him, and know that tomorrow's taken care of because Jesus has taken care of it on our behalf. It's not about our ministry. It's all about Jesus. I had a lady in Spain, in a church in Spain, she always say, it's all about Jesus, Andrew. It's all about Jesus. It used to make me smile, but all these years later, I'm thinking, yes, she's absolutely right. It is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And that's, that's how, what, you may say, what's my call in life? What is my gift? What's my ministry? To lift him up. To make him high. We get down here a bit like that and lift him up. This is one of the highest platforms I think I've ever stood on. You know, it's not about me this morning. It's not about you this morning. It's about Jesus. I say that lovingly. We can get so fond of ourselves, can't we? And fond of who we are and what we have. Jesus said, no, it's, it's all about Father. I only, I only say what Father tells me to say. I only do what he tells me to do. You see, it's, it's not about us and our ministries. It's about Jesus because without him, we wouldn't have a ministry. We wouldn't have to use any gifts. It's all about him. And prayer this morning is that we focus on Jesus rather than focusing on ourselves. Do you, do you not think he knows exactly what you need? Do you not think that he knows exactly what you require? Where you are at the moment, where your situation is? in life, what's happening in your life, in your family? Do you not think he knows about those things? Yeah, he does. He knows about all of those things. And rather than asking or begging Jesus to come and bless my family, bless my ministry, bless my health, bless this, bless that, Lord, he knows what our needs are. And I really believe that he's been talking to me now for weeks about taking my focus I can mention it to Garfield with Alter One that, that you know God is saying like you know I know your needs concentrate on me home in on me make me the focus because I'm the provider of all your needs I've been really so it's just really in my heart this last few weeks I can't get rid of it it's there like you know and I think God's trying to teach me to pray differently even 
you know, not asking him for stuff all the time, but saying, Father, I want to work with you. I want to work with you in all the areas of my life. With what you've planned for my family, uh, for my health, whatever, I want to work with you. Just as Jesus said, I want to only do what the Father says uh, and, and say what the Father tells me to say. Uh, Lord, I want to work with you. We want to work with you in all of our situations. Just see your life come to life in our families. Your life come to life in our jobs and our, our ministries. Your life come to life. I'll be working with what you want, life, in my heart, in my family. Watch what Father is doing. And with thankful hearts this morning, let's give glory and praise to him. What's he saying to you today? What's Holy Spirit whispering in your heart today? Are you fearful? A bit wary about Holy Spirit? He's called a comforter. God would never give us something that we're frightened of. He's called a comforter, our advocate. He speaks on our behalf, prays on our behalf. He's here to comfort us, to reveal Jesus to us so we can reveal Jesus to others. Do you want to have a, a testimony strong all through, I was mentioning to Pastor Allison during the week, all through these first chapters, time and time again, the word testimony and testify has come up. You know, have we got a testimony today of how good, how precious, how wonderful our Savior is that we can share with others? You want a strong testimony? You can have that today as you submit to him. Do you need prayer today? Do you need someone to stand with you today? Do you need to give your life to Jesus today? Whatever, whatever you feel is your need today to, the Holy Spirit is just whispering in your ear right now, ear of your heart. I want you just to pray this morning. If anybody specifically is prayer, or Chris is playing this morning, we, we, we want to, I wanted to do that uh, Holy Moment song. And, and we're going to sing it through again. Uh, and if you want prayer this morning, so I encourage you to come forward. Uh, I'll be down the front here. Pastor Allison there. Garfield is here. Uh, and we can pray with you, stand with you, and believe for, for something great in your life. Uh, that revelation of Jesus will come in a, a mighty way. So as we, as we start to sing the song, I'm going to move down to the front here. And, and if you want prayer this morning, come to the front. Don't be frightened, you know. Not everybody falls on the floor or, or does things like that. You know, I mean, it's, uh, the Holy Spirit is so varied in what happens. People are so different. But I just want you to have that revelation this morning, just who Jesus is. Don't want you to be stuck, stuck in the crowd, not really knowing who he is, but really homing him in on who he is and loving him just as he loves you. So let's sing this song together. And you come forward if you want prayer this morning. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.